everyone, I'm Brandon Odo. And I'm Brian Bowling. And this is Critical Care Scenarios, the podcast where we use clinical cases, narrative storytelling, and expert guests to unpack how critical care is practiced in the real world. Oh, uh, hello everyone. Welcome back. It is Brandon coming to you from my COVID isolation cave. That's right. I have come down positive just like so many others, and I am walled off until I am not infectious. Steer clear of others, folks. Stay out of those groups. Wear your masks. It is waiting for you. But while I'm here, I thought we would talk about guide wires. Now, guide wires are an integral part of uh, most of the percutaneous Seldinger procedures we do, which now is uh, so many things, central lines, arterial lines, midlines, picks, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't get a lot of attention, which is too bad because uh, really understanding and mastering your guide wire is uh, one of the most important steps to really mastering these procedures. So let's start with an understanding of how these work. Most of the wires that you will use fall into one of two categories. Either it's a and I'm, I'm going to use just non-technical terminology here, but it's basically a stiff straight wire with a, a feathered or flexible tip on the end, which is usually straight. You'll see this most often in uh, micropuncture kits, uh, some arterial lines. And then the other uh, version is a two-part wire, which is actually a coil over a core. And these often have a J tip. So you usually see these in central lines. Uh, the J makes the tip a little more atraumatic, uh, easier to bank off the wall of a vessel with less risk of it perforating it. Uh, usually the other type you see intended for smaller vessels. Sometimes the J doesn't fit well in really small vessels like small peripheral veins. Now one of the most useful things you can understand about these, and I am mainly talking about J-tipped wires now, is how you can use them to guide your insertion. Now, this is what is done uh, for fluoroscopically guided procedures, such as are typically being done in the IR suite or in the cath lab. They're using wires somewhat similar to these and guiding them into specific structures, you know, specific vessels or organs to uh, deliver therapies. Uh, and they're using guidance, which of course we are typically not. But the other thing they're using is wires that can be manipulated to help essentially steer them. Now, at best, we have a really rudimentary version of this. However, with a J-tipped wire, it is possible to perform some degree of guidance or steering because that J provides almost a sort of coup de, it provides some directionality to the tip. So let me tell you what this might look like. To start out with, you need to know where your J is. So every time I pick up one of these guide wires, and they usually come in a little plastic sheath to uh, corral them, uh, I'll just look at where the J is oriented. And typically this will be downward towards the loop. Now it's important to notice this before you insert the wire because of course once it's in, you're not gonna know where it is. So you're gonna go insert it into your introducer needle or catheter or whatever you're using. And then the first thing you're gonna wanna do in basically every case is orient that J-tip so it's facing upward. And by that I mean superficially towards sort of the surface of the skin. And the reason is because you're inserting at an angle, in some cases a 
somewhat steep angle, I always try to lower my needle after I breach the vessel to facilitate threading the wire. But at the end of the day, it's always somewhat diagonal. So having a J that is facing upward is going to help that J skid or bank off the back wall of that vessel more easily. If it's pointed downwards or sideways, it's more likely that it'll get caught up as it leaves the needle and strikes the posterior, or I should say deep wall of the vessel. You want it to skid off that and reorient forwards. And once it's hit that wall, then you should have no trouble inserting it further. Now, how you actually orient this is gonna be by rotating your wrist. So those plastic spools that the wires come in are actually your best tool here because it gives you leverage to make that rotation. And as a matter of fact, if you were to remove the wire and then try to do rotation, it gets much harder because it's really hard to turn a wire. It's almost a one-dimensional structure. So you're better off using that spool as a handle to pivot it. And because that J usually faces downward, you'll often have to uh, strongly pronate your wrist to get the J pointed upwards. And it may feel a little weird at first, but unless you have mobility problems, I assure you your wrist does go this way. You're just going to turn the whole thing over so your J is up. Now, where you want to face your J after this depends on the anatomy. And what you're going to use is your J to sort of steer past any vascular confluences to make sure that your wire advances the way you want it to. So the easiest here would be, let's say, a right IJ center line. Once you get past the initial insertion, this is pretty much a straight shot down to the right atrium. So there's no steering to do. You're going to maintain the same orientation with the J just facing up until you insert it to the depth you want. On the other hand, let's consider a left subclavian vein line. Now in this case, you're inserting the same way, but after you've inserted it to some distance, you're gonna wanna turn that J so it faces inferiorly towards the heart because you're gonna reach the location where the left subclavian and the right subclavian, and actually before that, the left IJ vein come together. And you don't want your wire going up one of those vessels. And it can. I mean, if you've placed any number of these, you've had lines, or at least wires, that went from the left subclavian right up the left IJ, or straight across into the right subclavian vein. You want to try to minimize this, and one tool in your arsenal is pointing that J. Now, of course, the hard part is you have no guidance. So when do you make that turn? Well, in this case, there's only one turn to make. So you can rotate as soon as you've inserted enough wire that you're past the point where you're kind of exiting the needle and you've banked off that back wall. Now you can turn. So you're going to have to rotate that whole wrist again until your J is facing towards the feet, and then you can continue to insert until you've reached the depth you want. What about a right subclavian? Now it's the opposite, right? You want your J to face still towards the feet, but relatively that's going to be the other direction. The most complex one here is going to be a left IJ, because you actually have two turns to make. Once your J is out, so you're starting out again, facing upwards, you're going to immediately want to turn it to the right so that it heads towards the heart and not into the left subclavian vein. 
And then once it's made that turn, you're actually going to want to flip it 180 degrees so that instead of moving into the right subclavian vein or, God forbid, up the right IJ, that would be very weird, but weirder things have happened, you want to make the turn downwards towards the heart into the SVC. Now, this is the trickiest one because there's not a lot of uh, room between some of these turns and doing it without guidance, you're really kind of guessing. Um, but you can try. Uh, if you really want to get ambitious, I guess you could try to measure those distances. But by at least making the effort, you're going to improve the odds of having good feeding. Now, can you get some guidance? Sort of. Um, depending on what you've prepped or who can assist you with the ultrasound, you may be able to ultrasound some of these vessels and at least prove it didn't go into one of the wrong ones. So for instance, if you're coming from the left subclavian, you could ultrasound the left IJ and make sure your wire didn't go up that ipsilateral IJ vein. Can't prove that it didn't go into the opposite subclavian unless somebody can come investigate that. Usually it wouldn't be prepped in the same field, but you can get something out of it. Again, this is going to be easier to do as long as you keep your wire in that plastic spool. And that's for two reasons. One is that the spool helps you rotate it. If you have your wire out, frankly, if you have to do some of this, I would just put it back in. You can also get a better grip if you kind of kink that whole wire in your hand, like bend it around one of your fingers. Don't put a sharp angle in it, but uh, put some turn or radius uh, that helps you get a grip on the thing. Uh, but also because dealing with the J itself is going to be tricky. This J has to get into a straight uh, needle hub, which means that it needs to straighten out. And the, uh, those plastic spools come with those little conical cheater tips, which straighten out a J for you. Now, if you're not using a spool, you could, if you have it, still place one of those little cheaters on your wire, even if you're holding it freehand. If you don't even have that or you don't want to bother, the trick and... Um, Scott Weingart has a, a good video of this in his, uh, I think, Central Line Micro Skills post. Um, you need to stretch out the wire, uh, which means holding it in a grip in your hand, which allows you to pin it in two spots and actually increase the distance between them. And that pulling action pulls that coil across the inner core and it straightens out the curvature of the J. This is definitely a skill to practice, but if you get good at it, then just holding the wire in your hand, you can straighten out a J. And then you're not so reliant on having one of those plastic tips uh, or being so useless if you lose it. Okay, what else? Are there times when you might want to use the back end, the wrong end of such a wire? Maybe. There are, I think, occasional times when you come across a vessel that is actually just too narrow to fit the radius of that J through it. In that case, putting a straight wire through it, and most of these J wires, the back end is the same material, so it's just as flexible. It just doesn't have that radius, so it's probably slightly less safe to insert into a vessel. Um, that may be able to pass. Now, using that end it means it's going to be kind of annoying to thread a catheter or a dilator over the proximal end because it will be J-shaped, and then you'll probably want that that hand stretching technique so you can uh, thread stuff over it. But it is possible. I will say that if you're thinking about doing this, the majority of the time it's, it's not going to work because that's not the problem. The problem is not the J. The problem, if you're having trouble advancing a wire, is that there's something wrong with the vessel. So, you know, 
you can't advance it either. Your needle's not in place and you're not intravascular. Or if you're past that point and you've inserted a few centimeters or 10, 15 centimeters, but then you're hitting a hang up, something is going on that's wrong. Maybe 40% of the time, your wire's going into the wrong vessel. So this may be a good sign of that. Despite your efforts, you've threaded it into one of these other vessels and it's hanging up because it's, it's reaching a distal point where the vessel narrows in the opposite arm or something like that. So consider that. The rest of the time, there's something wrong with it, as in there's a more proximal stenosis or thrombosis or some reason that you can't put stuff through this vessel. And the vast majority of the time, you just got to give up. You can kind of try to manhandle it, try to force stuff into here. Occasionally, it will work out maybe because you kind of cleared or opened something up with your wire and then catheter. I'm not sure that's a good thing if you mobilize a clot or something. But most of the time, your wire won't properly go in, your catheter won't go in all the way either, and then it won't really work properly and it won't aspirate or something like that. So usually you just have to go to a different vessel. Okay, there's probably more things to be said about wires and in fact probably much more that could be said by somebody like an interventional radiologist who uh, really geek out about this stuff. Uh, but that's probably good enough for now. Uh, take these thoughts, go and play with them. There is definitely technique and psychomotor skill to these things that you need to uh, practice, but it's also not rocket science. Give it a try. Talk to you next time. <laughs>